Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us once again. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in week after week. It means so much to me and I love you guys for it. I want to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks. Thank you for believing in me and helping get the word out of this uh, podcast because the guests that have been on have been fantastic. And today's going to be no different. Today we're we're joined by Jeffrey Olson. Jeff, thanks for joining us. It's so good to be with you, Todd. Thank you for having me. You bet. Thank you. Well, a little background on Jeff. He's a best-selling author who inspires audiences internationally with his intriguing story, which I can't wait to get into. Um, you know, you've persevered through some really difficult things, and you were in a horrific automobile accident that took the lives of your wife and your youngest son. Um, it also inflicted some life-threatening injuries to yourself, um, including the amputation of your left leg. And but you have found the courage to survive over 18 surgeries, and eventually, you know, you you've healed both physically and emotionally. But more importantly, you you, you you're giving back now, which I love. You've written, I think, is it three books now? Yeah. Yep. Three books. Three books. Um, the latest is called Knowing. Is that correct? Yeah, knowing knowing is the book. It's a compilation of the oh, first two, so gotcha. it really is the definitive okay story right up in uh, till just recently. So beautiful. Well, you had a near death experience and uh, the NDE they call it sometimes. You're right, and near death experiences, and I've always been fascinated by those because I like I don't know how to say this other than what I'm going to say. This is how I really feel. I'm like excited to know what's next, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah I'm like that. And, and you have had an experience and we get to hear this today and I'm so excited for the listeners, but not just that though, Jeff, just how you live your life now and that you're giving back and making a difference in people's lives. And, and you've said some really powerful things that I've studied up on. And, and one thing that really stood out to me is that, uh, you said that you've learned the meaning of being still. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't wait to know more about that, among a bunch of other things. So again, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's 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 an honor. So why don't we just start with a little background? Tell us kind of where you grew up and a little bit about your family. Yeah, no, I grew up uh, in Charleston, Utah. Okay. Little teeny town, but my mother and father had divorced when I was young. I was born in Provo. Okay. And mom and dad split up, and mom took us. And, you know, us being me and my two brothers, three boys, okay. to Salt Lake City. And, uh, you know, my father had a ranch and a dairy farm in Wasatch County. And although my parents split up, um, they were great. They were great co-parents, you know. I mean, right. gosh, dad would drive from Heber <laughs> City to Salt Lake to watch a Little League baseball game. In fact, I think wow. every Little League baseball game. Yeah, wow. And, you know, and that perpetuated. My brothers and I became very, very close. You know, because mom went to work and, of course, dad, we'd only see him on the weekends. And me and my brothers were inseparable. Uh, my big brother was my coach, my mentor, oh, really? my everything. My younger brother was my best buddy. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, so it was it was pretty rough and tumble. And we'd spend every weekend with my dad on the farm, you know, so cows and horses and yeah. cowboy stuff. <laughs> and um, eventually we moved in with my father full time as adolescent teenagers you know, my mom just felt, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> you, you get to go. It's time to go up there. With, yeah. <laughs> with dad. So I, I basically grew up, um, you know, in those formative years in, okay. in Wasatch County on a dairy farm with a cattle ranch and horses. Went to Wasatch High School, did okay. all kinds of athletics. I was a wrestler. I was a football player. I, I even ran track, you know. But, really? Okay. But my father was always like, no, I need you home on the farm. You know, pick one yeah. sport and go with it. And I eventually... Um, uh, I, I went to Utah State University and, and earned a football scholarship. Oh, I walked on, but okay. they kept me. And, um, right on. And that's when I fell madly in love with, with Tamara. With and Tamara, um, yeah. and uh, gosh, went on and started a family and, and things rolled on. But that's, that's a bit of my background. I'm a normal guy from, sure. a, from a pretty normal, however rough and tumble background, you know, yeah. all guys on a cattle ranch and a dairy farm. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that was a, it was a great way to grow up. Yeah. I'm sure being on that dairy farm, learn, you had to learn how to work hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause that's not easy work. 
No, I mean, we were up every morning at 4 a.m., you know, and, and my father, not only was he, you know, running the farms, but he yeah. was, a, he was, you know, in the military, so he was a soldier, he was a cowboy. He would go off on active duty at times, and it really? was us three boys really? running the whole operation oh, with <laughs> with hired hands. And I remember uh, at times, you know, I may have been 14 and my father would say, you're in charge, take these three guys, you know, so I'm, I'm 14, you're you know, like, in charge of three grown men to go down and fix fence or round up yeah. these cows or whatever. Yeah. And, um, it was, it was hard work, but it was a good life. For sure. I had an experience, uh, bailing hay once for a day and I'm, I could not believe how hard that was. We were th- <laughs> back in the way they do, did it the old way, and we were just yeah. throwing bells of hay, and they, the, the bell of hay weighed more than I did at the time. And <laughs> yeah. But I just remember, man, this is tough work. I did a lot of that. It kept us in shape, that was for sure. Yeah, yeah. wow. Well, so, you you know, like you said, you fell madly in love with Tamara yeah. and started a family, and things were going well, you know, just again, and maybe just kind of lead us up to kind of the, the experience in the accident. And yeah, no, that, take that's it from perfect. There. I mean, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll share some detail, but the, the day I met Tamara was profound. I mean, I was actually shy, you know, and here this mm-hmm. young woman walks in and yeah, she was gorgeous and attractive and, mm-hmm. but it was like lightning hit me. It was like really? something you said, there she is. That's yeah. the one. And, um, wow. You know, that was kind of frightening. And probably the biggest miracle is that I spoke to her and introduced myself and we had a conversation and we became friends, which turned into a relationship, which turned into a courtship. And um, I actually left the country for two years during that relationship. I was in Scotland. I was doing a, uh, gosh, I was on a proselyting mission. Okay. And, um, and, and she waited for me and wrote me every week. And when we you know, Which doesn't we, happen too often, no, right? No, no, you don't leave. You know, young people don't separate for two years and, right. and have it work out. But somehow we fell deeper in love. And, uh, you know, when I returned, we married soon after. And uh, we were married for about three years when Spencer, our first son, came. Okay. And that was such a joy. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's still one of my best buddies. And then there was complications. So there was, you know, it was an issue getting pregnant a second time. Yeah, and yet six years after that, Griffin came, and he was our miracle boy. You know, we were told yeah. we may never have any more children, and yet okay. here was here was Griffin, and so it was my wife and I and two you know strong, healthy boys and uh, young boys. Right. Griffin was just a toddler, just learning to walk. Spencer was seven years old at the time. Okay, of this accident that oh, that okay. you know that that um, was actually the the day after Easter. So this is a very tender time of year for me. For sure, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, you don't you don't get over grief and and every, everyone should realize it's it's been it, it'll be 24 years since the accident come Easter this yeah, year. That's going to be one of my I didn't know how long it had it, been. And so I okay. I couldn't even I couldn't even speak of these things for almost a decade. I'd just cry, you know, and and um yeah. and and yet there was a lot of processing and things. So I speak from a place where you know, I'm two decades out in front of it. And I can look at it with clarity, but uh, but what happened that Monday morning after Easter, we'd been on a little family road trip and we were coming back, um, driving from southern Utah back to Davis County where we lived, mm-hmm. and um, I lost control of the car. I was driving. Tamara had laid her seat back and was sound asleep. Griffin, my toddler, was sound asleep. In fact, not long before the accident, I looked in the rearview mirror just to check on right. traffic and noticed him and saw how beautiful. I mean, it was, yeah. it was this moment of profound gratitude, actually. I sure. peeked in the rearview mirror. You know, it's a moment. And I see Griffin, my toddler, sleeping in his car seat and thinking, wow, what a miracle. And I heard Spencer, my seven-year-old, playing behind me, making all the joyful noise of a little boy. Of a boy, yeah. And I glanced at Tamara, who had also reclined her seat back and was sound asleep. But I thought, she's still holding my hand. And she was. I mean, we're 10 years into a marriage, wow. you know, two kids later. It's amazing. And I'm thinking, what a miracle. You know, she's still yeah. holding my hand. And, and yet it was not long after that that I lost control of the car. And I may have dozed off for a moment, but I swerved. I swerved to the right. And I, you know, I shouldn't pass that so quickly. I mean, there was so much, you know, mm-hmm. gosh, did I doze off at the wheel? There was so yeah. much guilt and trauma oh, because man. I... Swerved, yeah, swerved to the right, 
overcorrected to the left, and the car began to roll. I had the cruise control at 75 miles an hour, so high speed. Yeah. And there was a horrific accident that, yeah. Uh, that yeah, resulted in the, uh, in the death. Um, actually, they were killed instantly, Tamara and Griffin, at the scene. And I was aware of that wow. at the scene. Um, yeah, you you knew that they were gone. I knew I okay. knew they were gone, and um, you know that's the darkest. I mean, that's the darkest place a man could be. Now, you know, I blacked out for most of the crash, but when I you know thought, oh my gosh, what happened? Yeah. The first thing I heard was Spencer, my seven year old, crying. Yeah. And I, but it was that cry a father knows. Wow, he's okay. I got to get to my boy. You know, I've got to yeah. get to my boy, and that's when I realized I could not move. Um, I was pinned. I, I couldn't tell whether to the floorboard or the seat. There was the broken glass, the yeah. smell of gasoline. But I also realized in that moment that, wow, no one else is crying. And, um, you know, that, that was overwhelming. And, and I knew in that moment that they were gone. I was unaware of my injuries, actually. I knew I was in pain. I knew I was struggling to breathe. What had happened was both my legs were crushed and shattered. The left leg was not long after amputated above the knee. My back had been damaged. My yeah. rib cage had been damaged. My lungs were collapsing. My right arm had almost been torn off, and then the seatbelt had cut through and ruptured all my intestines. Wow. Um, but the physical injuries were were nothing compared to the emotional injury of, oh, Oh no! You know, I mean, can't yeah. can't I have those three seconds back? What? Yeah. Just what, happened. What just happened? Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. So, you know, in that dark moment, um, and and I I don't share all that to be graphic or or you know or, right. or morbid, but as I was attempting to comfort Spencer, my seven year old who was crying hysterically, and I couldn't get to him, suddenly this light came. I mean, and I, and I don't know how else to put it. It felt as if light came and surrounded me. And I knew I was struggling to breathe and, and you know, struggling to maintain consciousness. Yeah. But when the light came, it, it felt as if I was delivered, like I was lifted up above the car yeah. or above the scene of the accident, like I was delivered out of it. And suddenly there was no pain. I could breathe. I was fine. And that was the question is, how can I possibly be okay? How can I, it's, it's like the light was comforting me almost in this morbid, right. horrible, you know, horrific thing. And as I was, you know, processing, how can I possibly be okay? What just happened? Tamara, my wife, who I knew was deceased at the scene, um, suddenly she was there with me in the light. And, um, really? and she was gorgeous. She was radiant. I mean, it wasn't like the scene of the accident. She was beautiful right. and she was communicating to me, Jeff, you got to go back. You got to go back. You can't, you can't come. You really? can't be here. Okay. And we had this incredible conversation that was far more intense than just words. I mean, it's almost like mind melding, but she was speaking to me. She was saying, no, 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 you've got to go. And we were discussing this whole issue of if I stayed with her, Spencer would be orphaned. Yeah. And, and, and I, I learned a lot about choice in this moment because there I was looking at the woman that I, I loved more than life. Right. And yet I knew I had a seven-year-old boy in the backseat of that car and I, I made a choice to come back. And Really? You know, I, I share that because we have no idea how powerful our thoughts are. Mm -hmm. And I also had a huge, like, cosmic download of how big choice is. Really? Like, everything's a choice, you know? Yeah, and, right. And, uh, wow, I, I said Man. the most profound goodbye I'll ever say. Man. Had you left the scene, if you don't mind me asking, like, did, you know, when that light was around and you were there with your wife, not in pain and all that, were, were, were you at the scene or were you somewhere else? or were It or felt as if know? I was somewhere else. Okay. It felt as if I was delivered from all of that. Okay. But I, I often refer to it as a bubble of light. It's like I was held in this suspended really? moment, yeah. you know, that was yeah. free of the scene of the accident. But but I wasn't anywhere. I was just with her having this conversation. And I have no concept of time in this bubble of light. Sure. I mean, I later found out that people arrived at the scene of the accident. 
Ironically, one was a doctor. He was able to see to Spencer and, and take care of things. Yeah. You know, uh, they rushed Spencer to a local hospital. They had to extricate me from the car because of my injuries. It was necessary I be airlifted or life flighted to the mm. closest yeah. level one, you know, trauma hospital. Right. I had no idea. I knew I had wrecked the car. I knew Tamara and Griffin had passed. Yeah. I was speaking to Tamara and saying the most profound goodbye I'll ever say. And as I chose to come back, I found myself wandering through a hospital, this level one trauma center in Salt Lake City, you know, and when I say wandering through, just moving about freely, free of pain, still in the trauma of what had happened. But the ironic thing is I was experiencing everyone around me so much differently. I mean, really? I, I was seeing the yeah. doctors, the nurses, the mm -hmm. patients, even the families of patients in this busy, you know, yeah. emergency level one trauma center. And, um, and yet everyone I saw, I knew them perfectly. You know, I, I, it's like I felt them. Like I knew their life. I knew their love, their hate, their joy, their motivations. Really? I, I was experiencing wow. them as if they were me. Like I was them and they were me. There was a, what I now call, there was a oneness. There was a oneness with everything and everyone around me. Wow. And, and it, did you know that you weren't like, I guess in your body at this point, or were you just absorbing the experience and just <laughs> it the, the experience was so overwhelming that i i was still processing like okay what right yeah. you know what what happened here yeah and i was so overwhelmed with this connectedness this oneness and and i had grown up in a conservative christian home i even i mean i i a, a, a verse, a biblical verse came to mind. And it was the, it was the famous, inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. Wow. And I used to believe that was a nice verse about being nice as I grew up. <laughs> and yet I was experiencing this connection, this oneness. And I thought, wow, you know, uh, Jesus, this master who, who said yeah. that. Okay, now I'm seeing it at a deeper level. They are me. I am them. He was saying, I am the beggar on the street. I am the man in prison. Okay. I am that I am. And, and I, was, I was having this connected feeling to that. Now, as I was experiencing this, I eventually came up to a man, a body laying on the gurney that I didn't feel anything from. Right. And that's when the reality hit. Oh my gosh, that's me Whoa. or, or, or that's my body. Man. That's, I mean, I was having this profound connected experience, but there was my flesh. There was the skin suit right. that I'd been wandering yeah. through life in. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And, and, you know, I've heard this before and other near death experiences that I've, you know, studied up on and where they've, they've said similar to where they felt this profound, I mean, love yeah. on a level they have never really felt before. And I love what you said about that connectedness, you know, and, and I know how powerful it is, like just sitting in here with you right now, connecting with you right now. But I know it's, you know, the level you were experiencing that it had to have been just unbelievable. It, it changed me. I mean, it changed me. Judgments and comparisons just kind of went out the window. Really? And, and I, you know, it, before then, I'd been a little judgmental. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd been a yeah. lot judgmental, like, yeah. well, they deserve that. No, they're not you know, doing yeah. it right or, or what, you know, whatever that what looked like. But suddenly I was seeing everyone in this absolute divine um, yeah. perfection yeah. in a way. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned too, so, so you, you see your skin suit, you know, your body <laughs> yeah. laying there. And, and then did you like consciously make a choice to go back into that? Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that was interesting. I mean, I stood above my body and, and that was a profound moment. I mean, only then did I realize, wow, what an incredible machine my body is. I, I didn't have to tell my eyes how to see or my lungs how to breathe or yeah. my feet how to walk. And, and yet it was it was disturbing and Dang. and sorrowful because I thought, what a mess. What a mess my body is. And I've got to get back in. And and again, the, the, it was a choice. I mean, it was a choice. Okay, I'm I'm going back in, but I didn't have to figure out how to go back in. It was the intention. It was the thought. It was almost as soon as I would choose, boom, there I was. Mm -hmm. But boy, back in the body when I when I made that choice, it, it was like being in a lead 
mummy, <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, it was so heavy and all the grief, all the pain, all the trauma, all the guilt, everything returned. Really? And, um, so you felt all of those yeah. normal emotions anyone would feel <clears throat> in those moments, they came flooding oh, they, back. They came crashing down. Wow. Um, and I was intubated, you know, I mean, I, they had a big tube yeah. down doing the breathing for my lungs. My legs were obviously immobile. My, oh my right arm was immobile and my left arm was eventually tied down because I kept grabbing at all the trying to pull the stuff. yeah I was trying to pull the intubator out and everything else and and yet that's when I learned what it meant to be still to literally just I I, I had no choice right so why why is that so profound for you because I know that that's something that you talk a lot about that be still portion Why, why is that so I guess maybe even important to not just you to all of us I guess yeah, I, I had been a, a doer. Oh, I was a doer. You know, doer, doer, doer. And, and Dairy when I farm had, worker. Well, yeah, and if I, <laughs> and if I had, you know, and if, if I had um, worries or, or things on my mind, you, you would, I mean, you could go for a run. You would go for a hike. You would go punch a heavy bag. And I, I you know, I, I had graduated from college in marketing. I was a creative director at an ad agency. And so... There was lots of doing there, you know, gosh, you're on set or you're with the team or you're working on these layouts or you're with the clients. (laughs) Suddenly, I realized what it was like in some way to to tread the wine press alone. Mm. And yet I wasn't, you know, my gosh, my family was incredible. They were there. Tamara, my wife who had passed, she was there. I continued to have profound like communication with her. So it just kind of. Oh my yeah, goodness. I mean, she, you know, and, 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 and again, you know, by that time, I'm on a lot of morphine and everything else, but sure. it was so real. I mean, these visitations, these dreams, these visions, if you will, were so real that that, that became the reality. This, this realm was the foggy, crazy dream. In fact, there were times I thought, I'm going to wake up and this is all going to be a bad dream. This nightmare is going to be done, but... Um, but it wasn't. But Tamara would come, and she really? would. I mean, she would. I mean, I'll, I'll be brief. There was an interesting oh, scenario where she came at one point, and she was communicating to me things that almost seemed trivial. You know, hey, I want, I want my niece to have that special ring. I want my cousin to have the other one. Really? Give, okay. give, give my sister-in-laws <laughs> my party dresses and my fans. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, but she wanted, and and this wasn't necessarily trivial, but. She wanted this little song that meant a lot to us to be sung at the service, and she she wanted to be buried near our home so we'd have a place to come, As particularly Spencer, you know, her little boy, yeah. our little boy. Sure, yeah. And then she wanted to be buried with Griffin in her arms, you know, and she's communicating this to me. Now, what I didn't know is the... The family, and bless them, I mean, her family was tr- making arrangements. Yeah. Perhaps they should be buried down in the burial plot they had in southern Utah. Um, the doctors at that point were telling the family, Jeff may not make it. We're not sure how this is going to turn oh, yeah. out. So they're saying, gosh, are we burying two of them or three of them? And if that's yeah. the case, what about Spencer? What do you we know? do with Spencer? What do yeah. we do with him? Now, I had no idea of all those conversations, but I knew Tamara's telling me, this is what I want. Okay. Now, here's the funny part of the story. I was life flighted to a medical facility that was not in my insurance network. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so the insurance company is saying we want him transferred to, right. uh, you know, a, a different hospital that's in network. And, you know, of course, the doctors were upset. My family was living. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The insurance company went out and I was to be transferred and the ambulance crew showed up and they said, there's no way we're moving this guy. I actually right. had to be life flighted again with the air med crew. I, I don't know that they put me in an airplane, but the, the, the air med crew had to come to transport me from LDS hospital in Salt Lake City to the U of U hospital. It's, it's probably not a mile and a half, two miles away. But anyway, here's the point. To do that, they took out the respirator briefly. And I was able to speak. Mm. And so here's the family. And I'm saying, Tamara's been coming. Here's what she wants. Really? So you immediately went into that. Yeah. And I'm (laughs) answering all the questions they've been deliberating over and wondering. And, uh, of course, as soon as I got back, you know, to the university hospital, they intimated, intubated me again. But when everybody thought it was falling apart, you know, that they're transferring them, this is catastrophe. It was actually falling into place 
because otherwise I wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have taken the respirator out and I wouldn't have been able to say those things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. And so, and so you do get transferred. Yeah. Right. And then, um, continually having some of those experiences well or did it eventually yeah, just stop yeah. however i was i was so sick and in so much grief and you know of course they're amputating the leg and that was you know i didn't yeah. realize they were doing that they'd approached the family oh so you had no my idea my mother mm-hmm. my brothers and it's it's actually quite beautiful because at the time i was i was thinking this is too much i want to end it I, I was actually begging one of my brothers to bring a gun and hide it in the hospital so that I really? could do myself in. Wow. And, um, you know, and, and like I say, believing was, that that was, was that, a, if you don't mind me asking, was that because you were in so much pain physically or was it like you were missing what you had just experienced with your wife? And It was both. Okay. So much pain physically, but so much pain emotionally. Yeah. And, and th- okay. there was always that teetering. Sure. Yeah, I know Spencer needs me. And and yet Spencer is the whole reason. I mean, he's the reason I came back. Yeah. He's the reason I held on. Yeah. You know, here was my little boy that I knew I I wanted to stay and be there for, but there was those moments when it's like I can't do this. It's wow. too much. And um Man. Anyway, my my brothers actually both went and signed the release to amputate the leg. So I'm begging them for <laughs> I'm going to take my life yeah, and they right. so not one of them would have to shoulder that burden. They both went and signed it. So they said, we'll do this together. But oh, they're saving yeah. my life at the time sure. I'm saying I want to end it. Right. Incredible, uh, incredible men, my, my brothers are. Yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, you how long did you end up staying in the hospital? I mean, I mean, you, you talk about here, we said it earlier, 18 surgeries yeah, and losing 18 your leg. Surgeries. And um, I, I was in the hospital for almost five months. Man. And then there was, you know, months beyond that that yeah. I was in a wheelchair and doing rehabilitation and home health and occupational therapy and physical therapy. But I was, I, I was, I was in the hospital for about five months. Man, how was your emotional health at that point when... You're now home, you're in a wheelchair, probably doing rehab, trying to learn to, you know, yeah. deal with not having a leg. How how are you like mentally and spiritually at that moment in those well, moments? I'm I'm broken, but for two things. And 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 the one may be the most profound thing that happened in this out of body near death experience. I had another profound visitation at the end of my hospital stay. And I think it's it's probably relevant that my two most profound out-of-body or near-death experiences were at the scene of the accident before any morphine or narcotics were administrated. Right. And then the other was at the end of my hospital stay. I was finally out of ICU. I had yeah. gone through surgical recovery. I was in the rehabilitation center. And I, I had laid so long on my back, I'd rubbed all the hair off the back of my head. The oh, back of my head was bald. And really? my, my brothers were teasing me about that. But I... <laughs> I I went to sleep one night and I felt that light return. And when the light did, I felt the same sensation. I'm rising above the hospital bed. And I thought, oh, this is so familiar. And and I was still in such grief. And yeah. and Griffin, my my toddler, he he had been he had been his car seat had broken up at the accident and he'd been ejected from the car. Mm-hmm. That was haunting me. Um, oh my gosh! And yeah. and although Tamara had been quite present in my consciousness during the hospital, say nothing of Griffin. But as that light came and I lifted above the hospital bed, the light dispensed, and and I was in a beautiful place. Really, a, a beautiful, beautiful place. And I began to run. I could run. I had both legs and both feet, and I yeah. I was like, oh, and I, the. It was so physical. I could feel the ground under my feet. I could feel all the intelligence in my calves and thighs. I was joyfully running and laughing. And, you know, I've heard terms like heaven or, you know, the spirit world, the other side. The only word that comes close to what I was experiencing is I was home. I mean, I was really? home. It's like, oh, I'm home. I, w- I felt so welcome, so loved. Really? So, And yet I was just yeah. there alone. Yeah. But I did have the inkling or the knowledge that I wasn't there to stay. And at that same time, there was this corridor off to my left. And I, I knew I'm to go down there. I'm just intuitively, I'm to go this way. And I did. 
And as I worked my way down the corridor, I came upon, at the end of the corridor, a crib. And Griffin had still been sleeping in a crib. You know, I mean, mm. he was only 14 months old. Yeah, he was so young. Yeah. So I race to the crib, and I look in, and there he is. And he's sleeping as peacefully as when I'd looked in the rearview mirror. Oh, when you, yeah. Wow. And I, I swept him up, and I can't, uh, th- it was such a physical <laughs> s- sensation. Yeah. I mean, I, I have you ever picked up a sleeping child? Yeah, it's you know that the it's heat amazing. and the weight. Yeah, and the and you and I held him and I, I snuggled into my boy. Oh my goodness! And I thought he's okay. I, I could feel him breathing. I could feel his breath on my neck. <laughs> I could feel and I'm, I'm like he's okay. I begin to weep, thinking I'm holding my little boy. And I had longed, oh, had I longed, just for that that he's okay. And. I began to weep and I felt this presence coming up behind me that was so overwhelming. It was so cosmic and so big and so wise and, and, and so overwhelming. And I began to be fearful. I mean, the guilt, I, you know, I was driving the car. The guilt yeah. had been this constant current through the whole thing. And I'm yeah. thinking, this presence coming upon me is so big. Um, it's, that's God. And I'm in trouble. I mean, I cut this little boy's life short because I wrecked the car. Really? You know, he's here because I lost control. I mean, the guilt, and as I felt this presence come closer and closer, and I'm holding my son, and I, I had the thought, I hope there's some way I can be forgiven. And as I had that thought, um, these divine arms, and this felt physical too, just wrapped around me. Just held me and my little boy, and and um, wow, there was this instant message of there's nothing to forgive. Really? Everything's in perfect order. And then there was this download of just peace and love and beauty. And and I, I had, I, I suppose, what is called the life review. My life flashed before my eyes as I'm being held by this divine being. And I'm seeing my life. And I'm seeing things, and I'm saying, "Oh no, no, that was a mistake." I, you know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. <laughs> right. And and yet, and yet, there was so much love that you know, I, I, the communication was, "That's your judgment of it." Yeah. We love you. Do you see what that led to? Do you see how your life is perfect? Do you see how much we love you? And it was a profound experience because I'm holding my little boy, who to me is perfect, and right. he's innocent, and he's divine, yeah. and he's. Uh-huh. All of that. And at the same time, this divine creator is holding me saying, yep, that's how much we love you. You are as perfect and as divine and as, mm-hmm. you know, beloved as the child you hold. Yeah. And and it was a very personal experience, but it rippled out into, wow, if that if that's me, that's everybody. That's right. That's, that's all of us. Every single one of us. So, again, that oneness, that love was multiplied and again, I learned about choice. I, I, it was communicated. I could be angry at God because this happened, you know, and, and right. or I could be angry at myself because I was driving the car. But this beautiful being who I call God said, or there's another choice. Yeah. You can exercise your will. Yeah. And I was like, my will, thy will be done. Isn't that, that's what I was taught in right, Sunday yeah. school. You know, it's like. <laughs> And it was communicated to me, and this this was profound. Your will is my will. That's how much we love you. What do you want? You know, what can we yeah. do for you? What, how how can we? And, and I was told you can give your son back. Yes, he's here. He's passed. That you know, there's yeah. that that's a reality. But you can hand him over, so that you don't have to feel like he was taken away. In fact, Tamra too. You can give them to us and mm-hmm. exercise your will. And therefore, wow. you get to step into creation with the divine rather than being put upon right. by what is. And, and I, I kissed my little boy, and I gave him back and then woke up to the hospital bed. Now, really? that's the one thing that probably got me through going home. You know, I mean, I mean, you, you know, right. you asked what was the emotional and the yeah, physical. Okay. The physical stuff was horrible. I had a big colostomy bag because of the rupturing of my intestines. My left leg was lopped off above the knee. The right leg was in a big brace. The right arm was in a sling. So I had one one operating my limb, goodness. 
and and they were wow. attempting to teach me how to get into a wheelchair, which they literally had to lift me in, and I was yeah. driving. But that that was the physical state. I went home. The emotional state was I was a wreck, and I, I didn't go to my own home. I had to go stay with my brother and have home health for another month or two, and yeah, that went on. But and it, it, it's such a profound question, Todd. You, you I, I, I have to give these long and depth answers. No, this is beautiful. So, no, and you, I know, you, and I know yeah. this is a sacred moment. And thank you for being willing to share. But you know, your answer, I love this. Okay, I, I appreciate I just, it. You no. know, there's so much to your question because, wow, yeah, yeah. going home. And I, I'd become incredibly panicked about Spencer, my little seven-year-old. He'd lost yeah. everything I lost, right? Yeah, right. He had lost his mom, his brother, and in many ways he'd lost his father too. And Well, now he's seen his dad all bandaged yeah, I'm, up. I'm, and, I'm this, yeah, I'm well, this right. invalid, you know? Yeah. And, and, and he had been to the hospital to see me, but we were going home to my brother's house, and, and my brothers were awesome. I mean, they had just taken him in like one of their own, and and... My brothers came to get me. You know, they're lifting me into the car. They're, you know, we're driving home. I'm worrying about Spencer. How's he going to deal with this? How's he going to deal with me? I'm now on his turf. I'm not, you know, right. we're eventually going to have to go to the grocery store. And what's that? You know, yeah. How do I do that? How do I do that? <laughs> and as we drive up to the house, I see him looking out the window. You know, he's looking out the window, watching his uncles. You know, my big yeah. strong brothers lift me out of the car and put me in the wheelchair. And I'm thinking, how, how's this going to go? How's this going to be? And, you know, I began to kind of navigate my way. My brothers put a ramp, and, and they were emphatic that I do it myself. You've got to drive the electric wheels. You, you know, you got to be independent. You got you do it, brother. We'll watch you. So but they're you're pushing do, you they're that, pushing in a way that way, right? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, which, which is all love. That's pure For sure. man love, right? So, yeah. so anyway, um, I'm doing that, and Spencer runs out, and he runs toward me, and he runs right past me. And I'm like, oh, I, you know, I knew this was going to be hard for him, but he yeah. can't even accept me like this, you know? Yeah. And, and I, you know, I'm trying to navigate. And, and, and as I turned to go up the ramp, I just looked to see where he went. And actually what he had done is he'd run across the street and he was knocking on all the neighbor's doors. He was saying, come out, come out. My dad made it oh, home. You know? really? He's okay. saying, come see my dad. <laughs> and so I realized my judgments of myself were not his. He, yeah. he was seeing me as this. He, he, he was shouting, he's the toughest man in the world. He made it home. You know? <laughs> right. And, and then he did come and throw himself on my lap, which just about killed me because I had all the searchers oh. from the abdominal. You know, and he threw his arms around Ouch. me. And, and I share this for a specific reason. You know, I said, hey, I'm going to be this way for a while. And he was a Star Wars nut, still is. I, I said, they're yeah. going to make a Darth Vader <laughs> leg for me, and they're going to put me yeah. back together. But I'm going to, you know, can you deal with this? And he said, Dad, if you were nothing but a puddle of blood, I'd still love you. <laughs> and, and, and I burst into tears, oh, you know. yeah. And, and yet here I was, and this is why I share this. Here I was in a wheelchair, you know, holding my surviving son who's sharing his love for me. And in an instant, that was no less divine than being in the other realm, holding my son that had passed mm, in the arms of man. God. Yeah. And I thought, wow, heaven's right here. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to be. There's simply to cherish this love in this moment. Man. And th those are the two things that got me through. Uh, that's a long answer to what was no. it like physically or emotionally, but... No, but if you. you know, I would hold on to that and hold on to this love of my son, who I had come back to to be his dad, even if I was a broken down dad, and um, and that that was the state. It was difficult. That was long, sure, tearful. Like oh, I say, I it imagine. took me a long. I I don't want anyone to think that I had this horrible accident and had these profound experiences, and then I was okay. It, it was a horrible accident. Profound yeah. things happened, but I grieved as miserably as anyone. Yeah, um, sure. And 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 Spencer did too. But he was my he was my strength. It was really interesting to be a dad in a wheelchair, and a seven year old boy as my hero. <laughs> you know, wow. So that was pretty. Uh, it was pretty. I profound. love what you just said there, though, too, Jeff. That that heaven was here. Yeah. You were realizing these moments, yeah. and again, you felt connected to your son. And that goes back to what you said earlier that when you're walking in the hospital, yeah. walking down, and you just you could you could read almost like every person's fears and worries, and and you felt so connected. But then in that moment, yeah. 
yeah. the connection you had with your your son. It Spencer. was right here. Like we 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 are we're divine beings. There is no beginning and end. We're we're here. And yeah, those little moments and those little things are the big things. I mean, yeah. that, you know, right. that, I mean, that got me through the next, you know, yeah. the next decade, if you will, was, wow, he loves wow. me and maybe I can love myself in spite of all of it. Yeah. And, and again, forgive me if I'm asking trivial questions here, but I mean, I, I try to picture having that experience and now you're, you know, now you're in your wheelchair, right? You like when you had... When you had kissed Griffin, yeah, and then yeah. you were back in your body again, back in you yeah. know. I mean, did you constantly like be thinking about? I can't believe I've had that experience. I mean, was it like one of those like I can't believe I had that experience that I just had? Or yeah, it was I, so real. I mean, I I don't even know how to ask that question. I, I, no, I and, and nothing's I'm trivial, sorry. Todd. That's not a trivial question. <laughs> there was times. In fact, another intricate part of the story is my, my, my level one trauma doc, the attending ER physician where they life flighted me into when he came into the operating room. Um, and he has shared this himself. Now he was very tight lipped as a, as a clinician, you know, he experienced Tamara in the operating room as the team worked on me. He saw her, he saw her spirit there and she communicated with him and shared gratitude for how much, they were doing to save my life. Now, I would have never known that except one of the nurses who also experienced that begged him to come and tell me what had happened. They didn't know me from Adam. Right, yeah. You know, but but they they came and told me what they had experienced and I hadn't said a word except to my mother and my younger brother about what I had experienced. And so suddenly I had this connection to this doctor and I thought, well, if you know, his, his name is uh, Jeff O'Driscoll. He, he's an incredible guy and has become a dear friend. He's been a friend for over 20 years now. Yeah. But because they came and shared that, I felt safe to share with him what I had experienced. Now, he became one of my lifelines because I didn't dare talk to people about this. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to. Well, yeah, you said 10 years. You didn't yeah. really share it with anyone unless these close. <laughs> Just immediate family yeah. and my, you know, the, the doctor, some of my yeah. closest associates. And yet... He was interesting because he wasn't a friend or family, but that that was neutral ground. I'm like, if yeah. I'm nuts, you know, he'll put me in the, he'll put me in the psych ward, and, and right. we can. But I, I what I had experienced, I knew was so real. But I knew others may not feel that way. You know, you don't yeah. show up at right. Sunday school and say, hey, by the way, I was in the arms of God, and there's no judgment. He loves us, and we're divine. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's yeah, like, like what, 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 what? <laughs> you know, for sure. But but I could share these things, and so. I did question it at times, and I asked him at one point, "What if, what if, what if I, what if I'm making all this up? I mean, what if it was just a dream? What if, you know?" Yeah. I, I was saying it was so real, it was so profound. Yeah. But I, I, I even questioned that, and he said, "Well, he, he's a wise man." He said, "If you're divine, and it is your experience, then does it matter?" You know. Yeah. And he always left it with a question it was up to me but what what i what i experienced was so real it was so profound and i i don't doubt it for a minute but i don't expect anyone to believe it i mean i have no agenda in sharing it it's just that yeah. this is what happened and yeah it's your experience yeah, yeah. but th- there was times that i would think wow you know could that really be real just like you said but then mm-hmm. there was mostly it was gratitude it's like had i not had that experience had i not been given that gift had i not had a family that was so you know, close and loving and surrounded me. Yeah. I, I might be that guy strung out on the corner. You know, I, I eventually got it back to work and I'm working and I'm working downtown and I, I'm thinking I could be him. Yeah. You know, I don't know what happened in his life, but I could be that homeless strung out, you know, person. And yet I had no judgments of that anymore. It's like, isn't his life beautiful and profound, yeah, you know? Right. And, uh, but, but I, you know, I never doubted that it happened to me, but I questioned often, what are people going to think about this? Yeah. And should I even share it with anybody? Right. You know? For sure. I can imagine that tug of war going on, you know, and, and see, and you, we just said it took you about 10 years and obviously you made a decision eventually to go, you know what, I'm going to share this with the world. Yeah. And maybe talk about how <laughs> you got to that point and, and yeah. you know, and there's so, I have a thousand questions oh, right now. So you, you can ask it. That this is fantastic. Okay. I love spending time with you. I I do. <laughs> and, thank and, you. <laughs> and, and yeah, I had no intention of sharing this. The, the, the way this all came down, 
Um, actually, and I, 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 I was, I was teaching a Sunday school class on a Sunday morning and, and I fell apart mentioning the love of God. <laughs> you know, I'm all of a sudden I'm bawling, you know, I'm talking about the love right. of God and, and, and a neighbor, a woman in the back came up and she said, something happened to you, didn't it? And I said, oh, I don't talk about that. And she's like, I'm coming to see you tonight. <laughs> something happened <laughs> she's to you. like, I want to hear. Anyway, and so, yeah. you know, she, and, and this must have been, oh gosh, this must have been eight, nine years after the accident, right? Yeah. But it was still so fresh. Right, yeah. Anyway, I tell her what happened. She says, you've got to talk to a friend of mine. He's at the university. He studies what they call a near-death. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, I'm not talking to anybody about this. Right, and she's yeah. like, he's safe. He he looks at all the different experiences and how your belief system may influence that. Yeah. You know, and, and so I went and chatted with him. And, of course, I'm sobbing as I share the experience. And he's like, you've got to come talk to our group. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't talk about this, you know. <laughs> right. And he goes, no, 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 Jeff, people are grieving you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're having a hard time. Yeah. This may really serve them. And so they had a group that met in Salt Lake. Um, and, uh, it was called, it was called IONS, the International Association for Near Death Studies. Okay. And I, I cried more than I talked, but I finally shared my experience publicly. And ironically, there was somebody in the audience who was a publisher and came up and said, you're going to write a book. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, the way, the way it came down is I finally, you know, I mean, I, th th this, this, you know, this scenario was put out. I, that, it was a Friday that I spoke. Monday, I, I had shared my information with this publisher. He had sent a contract to write a book. It was in my email box on Monday morning. Yeah. I went back to the scene of the accident. Um, mm, wow. Which I had. Avoided. Was this the first time back? I had that, been or? I had been by it okay. and I knew where it was okay. kind of. But at this point, I called my older brother who was a, he was in law enforcement, you know, and, yeah. and I said, hey, I, I just need to know right where it happened. And he goes, I don't even have to look it up. He said it was mile marker 80 right outside mm. of Parowan. He said, I'll never forget it. Yeah. That's where it was. So I went back down there. And I, I asked, I still pray. I, I'm like, gosh, you know, I mean, this publisher sent it. Am I supposed to write a book, you know? Yeah. And um, the answer came very profound. And I don't profess to talk to God every day, but, but right. it, the answer came in a profound way that said, I can quote what I was told. When that voice speaks to the heart, it's like I can, I can quote it, like write it down. I was told, share your experience and others will heal. Whoa. And I'm like, oh. Ooh, I love that. So it's not about me. It's about yeah. others healing. And by that time, I was 10 years down the road. You know, it's like, okay, I, it's been a while. I've, I know a little bit about healing, and I know how desperately I wanted to heal. And uh, anyway, so I called the publisher, and, and uh, we did the book. Now, I figured my mother would buy a copy, <laughs> you know. I mean, well, yeah. mom, mom. Your mom will support you. Well, and, and, and I wasn't a writer. You're I right. mean, I, you know, I I had, you know. Um, anyway, I, 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 I you know, I, I, I wrote the first book, which was I Knew Their Hearts. And, you know, the publisher titled it and did all yeah, that. And, right. But what I didn't realize is, gosh, the book released, and then the first week or so it was, hit the top 10 in the category on Amazon and all of a sudden this thing's going nuts and all of a sudden people are saying, come talk to us. Yeah. And, um, and yet I knew it was in greater hands than mine. If it was about me, I mean, I, I'm a blubbering idiot here, even on the, you know, <laughs> I, it, but it wasn't about me. Sure. And, and, and it, it, it's come in a very clear way. I'm crystal clear that, no, that's why I'm here. That's one of the reasons I, am still here, not because I have all the answers, not because I'm the guru, I'm not, but I can say, well, let's walk together down this path, right? which is a path of love, of oneness, of healing for others. I, I, I walked that journey, but yeah. there's a lot of people that reach out. I, 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 got, I, got, I got jail mail from a prisoner in a prison really? who said, I read your book. Really? And he said, I lost my family, not like you. They're alive and well. They left me because of what I did, you know, yeah. and, and, and yet he said, I'm going to come out of here different. I know I'm still loved. 
I know I'm not what I did, but I'm who I am. I am this divine being. Yeah. I've just made some interesting decisions, but I can learn from those and yeah. move on. And I, I just thought, well, that's the guy. That's the one I wrote the book for because he's healing in a profound yeah, way. I love that. That, uh, that works. Wow. That is amazing. And I love what you said. You know, that, that impression, share your stories and others will hear, heal. Yeah, they'll heal. Right? And I love that because, you know, in my in my industry that I'm in, the addiction recovery world, that's exactly what we tell them to do. Share your story because you're going to save someone's life. Yeah. I mean, because of your words and what you've been through. And, and I would imagine you've had many people reach out to you and say, hey, thanks for actually, you know, sharing what you did. Yeah. And it's not all grief and loss. Some of them are yeah. saying, Hey gosh, I'm going through a divorce. This little part in your story of how to co-parent, you know, I mean, yeah. all kinds <laughs> of interesting things that I've been anxious yeah. to, to meet too. And I, I don't want to digress, but my youngest son is in recovery. Okay. You know, I mean, I eventually healed. Yeah. I remarried, we adopted two boys, you know, I mean, life has moved on in a beautiful, profound way. And yeah, and my current wife, Tanya, she's the hero of the story. I mean, for her to, you know, to step in and 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 take on a one-legged man with a son <laughs> and, and become his mother and yeah. my wife. And then, wow. you know, she drove the adoption of these two boys, okay. which are just my son. I don't even like to say adopted boys. They're they're just my sons. They yeah. they came in a different way, but there they are. But anyway, he um you know, he, he, he's had a, an interesting journey this past summer and through the fall and winter. And, and now in spring, he's, he's, he's out of his rehab. He's living on his own. He's got a job. Great. But there was many times during that when I'm like, well, how do I deal with this? Or again, yeah. what did I do wrong as a father that, you know, we, we always want to blame ourselves. I know, right? yeah. But that love was the same thing that came through. Love him unconditionally let him walk his journey let him make his choices but hold him always in love and is in his magnificence yeah you know and now he's a sponsor he, he's doing great that's good he's for him. doing great um that's great but we all have you see we all have our journeys we right. all have those yeah gut-wrenching soul-stretching experiences but it 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 makes us who we are i, I keep telling my son you are the man you are because of what you've experienced, not in spite of it. This, yeah. this, it's in those divine arms. I was shown that we're all walking a perfect divine path. They they look different, right? And we want we oh, oh we love to judge each other about you for know, sure. but but there is no judgment in my experience. It's the perfect path for the stretching of your soul. And maybe my son, maybe we had some contract way back when where he said, "I'll do this." I'll show up this way to stretch your soul and right. teach you what unconditional love is. And, yeah. and that, and you know, and then you say, Oh wow. Yes. There's divine order in all of it. There's nothing to forgive. Right. It's all in divine order. Right. Wow. That's amazing. Um, I, I have a, I want to ask you, you know, obviously you're a faithful man. You, you're religious. Uh, you're, you're a member of your church and, Having this experience, did it just confirm more? Did it strengthen your testimony? Did it, I mean, I, I know that might sound like a dumb question, but no, I mean, I'm I, just curious, like, did it really kind of go, wow, it really put all that into Todd, perspective? These, these questions are profound. It it turned what I thought I believed inside out and upside down. Mm. I mean, I had grown up believing yeah. life was a test. And yeah. God was going to judge me, and I was probably failing, and 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 and, and, I, and there's no way I would ever measure up. I mean, yeah. in those divine arms, what I learned is life is not a test; it's an absolute gift. Every moment is an absolute beloved divine gift, even the hard things wow. or the things that I judge as hard. I also learned that we're all divine; that there is no us and them. There is no, you know, they're bad, they're good. There was such universal compassion and unconditional love that it shifted everything. I, 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 I tease with people and say, I'm no longer religious. I've become spiritual. You know, I, 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 yeah. don't, I no longer have a religion beyond love. No, yes, I'm a member of a church. I, sure. I, you know, I, I attend. I, religion is an interesting thing. If it's bringing us closer to the divine, great. Yeah. If it's bringing us closer to each other, fantastic. Wow. 
But if it's separating, if, 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 if it's causing me to feel not good enough, or if it's causing me to judge my neighbor, or if it's causing me to not love myself, you know, that great command, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. I was really good at loving the neighbors, but boy, that self-love thing took a little bit. You yeah. Know? And and yeah. religion can be a beautiful path to spirituality, to oneness, to beauty. I've I've found my own vibe that works really well for me. Yeah. But I've also learned somebody else might have a completely different vibe. Right. And that's okay. And that's I can okay. embrace and love that too because that's their path. I'm on my path. And let's walk together, even if we're walking in completely different ways, right? Yeah. Well, love it. You know, I saw you wearing a shirt in one of your photos that said, just be love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it almost sounds, you know, a little corny or cliche, but it really comes down to that, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. like I'm and feeling it right now with you, Jeff, honestly, like love. Love. Love is the answer. And love will win. We... We did those shirts. This was in the middle of the pandemic and all the rioting and all the yeah. things that were going on. And, mm -hmm. you know, everybody had a picket sign, you know, for a a a a a, a political party, yeah. a, a race, a yeah. this, a that. And and I love our diversity. I love that we have all these different choices and that we're all these different cultures and colors and belief systems. But and it was a dear friend of mine that inspired that. I, I was simply a participant, but we put on shirts that said, just be love. We picketed for love. We're like, look, let's forget <laughs> yeah, all the right. difference. That's awesome. And, and be love. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, and here again, I often refer to who I call the great master, this, the, you know, Jesus. Yeah. He sat on the Sermon of the Mount, you know. Mm -hmm. I still read my Bible. <laughs> and he said, be ye therefore perfect. Be that. Not become it. He never said become it. Be that. Embrace the perfection you are. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Yeah. They don't spin and toil. And, you know, as we contemplated, there's all this spinning and toiling in the world. <laughs> right. And those flowers just point up and say, hey, look, look at the light and embrace the divinity you are. Some flowers are this color. Some flowers are that color. Some have X amount of petals and grow differently. Right. But let's embrace the perfection we are. So. We said, be love. We didn't say become love. We said, be it, be that. Yeah. And, and that ripples out and for sure and creates that. But I, I, it's funny you saw that picture. I, did, I posted that on social media, but I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you caught on to it. That's, yeah. that's good. No, it really hit me hard because look at, look at my door there. It says, just I be it. I saw it, it. yeah. And, and like, so when I'm sitting with a client, because my clients are sitting right where you're sitting who have, you know, we're trying to teach them to be honest and to have integrity and to right. be accountable and, and to help people. And it's like, we can talk about it. It sounds good, right? And everyone's like, yeah. And I'm like, then go be it. Be it. Walk out of this door and go be those things. Hmm. And as you be it, you're going to experience it. Right. And that's why that really stood out to me, Jeff, when I saw you wearing that shirt. Just be love. Well, I, I love that. In fact, it's, it's interesting. My oldest son, Spencer, who's a grown man now, he's 30 years old, you know, married yeah. and amazing. He never had a near-death experience. He never had a spiritual experience experience mm -hmm. in this i mean yeah. he he speaks of one dream he had and yet at the time he had the dream he was about 15 years old and his mother came and yeah and and shared how much she loved him and he woke up angry because it was a dream because oh, it wasn't real right, you know? right so he went through this whole yeah, scenario I where can imagine i mean he you know we we came to a place and we're we're, we're very very close but he said dad i didn't have any of that I, I, I prayed for 12 years as a little boy. I just want to feel mom, and I got nothing. So he says, you speak of this greater power. You speak of this divine. He said, I, that let me down, you know, and yet as he grow, you know, as he grew into yeah. manhood, this is what he said. He said, you know what? I will be God's love. I'll be God's light. If I couldn't connect with that as a child or a young man yeah. or, he said, I can be that. I, I can literally be God's hands here. I can be God's love. I can go serve others. I can go be it instead of praying for it. I'll yeah. just be it. And, 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 and I thought, wow, he, you know, I think he's an older, wiser soul that, yeah. that, that chose to be my son, to walk through this for sure. whole scenario to teach me. He, he, um, wow, that's awesome. he had friends in recovery. He had a friend that was, you know, I mean, he was actually going to jail. There was drug charges mm -hmm. and on and on and on. Yeah. 
and, and this is anecdotal, but you know, he's like, dad, I'm going to go with my buddy. He's having a hearing today in court and I'm going to stand with him. And I, you know, I'm like, no, you're not, you're not going to associate with a known <laughs> drug dealer. You know, I'm right. all these judgments. Right. And Spencer said, is that what you do, dad? You turn your back on somebody when they mess up. Is that, is that what you've Whoa. taught me? And I was, I was like, Oh, Boy, I bet that hit. Hard. I'm like, Oh wow. He says, I'm going to be there. I'm going to stand with him. Because I might be the only guy that can say, I love you, in spite of anything. I love you because of it all. I love you. You're, you're standing here, and we're going to get through this together. And I was like, wow. When the, when the teacher's ready, the master will appear. <laughs> right. And once again, it was my little boy who was now all grown yeah, up. But, wow. uh, but yeah, he, he, uh, maybe I'll get him that sign. Just be it, because he is just being it. Yeah. He is. He is. No, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that part of it, and and I'm glad to hear he's doing good. And... Oh, he's he's great. He's he's incredible. He works with young people. He's a musician. He's oh, always cool. been a musician. And right on. Uh, yeah, he's that's playing amazing. in a band all the time, and and um, he's he's just an incredible. He's the most compassionate, loving man I know. Yeah, and he does it naturally. I work at it, you know, and it it he he is he is that he, he is just it. is yeah. that. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine um, now that here we are, this many years later, you've shared, you know, you've written a book, you've you speak all over the world. Do you look back now and go, man, I see how this all just kind of fell into place, like it should have. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, there's days I think, gosh, why did I write that book? I just, you know, I just want to go have a weekend. Right. Can you guys just leave me alone? <laughs> no. I, I want to be on another podcast. No, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, 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 is a, it is an honor and a privilege. But, sure. But yes, I see the divine order in all of it. Okay. In hindsight, I say, wow, had that not happened, had that not yeah. happened, had that not happened. And, uh, you know, my, my only... My only you know, intention is that, gosh, can I just still be open? Just be open to what's next. Just yeah. be open to yeah. how I can serve another because that's where the joy is. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, serve when I others. shake my head and say, why did I do this? I have to remember it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> you know, yeah. I did this because share your experience and others will heal. Wow. Love that. And that's what I keep coming back to. It's like, okay, that's what this is about. It's not about me. So yeah, we'll show up and we'll do our thing. And, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, if it helps somebody, if it helps one person, then yeah, yeah. that's completely worth it. Well, that, that, that rolls into my next question is if there's one person right now hearing your story on this belief cast today, who's struggling, who is just in a dark spot right now or dark place in their life. What what could you tell them? I know you've shared some amazing things already, but what would you say to that one person? Wow. <laughs> you know, two things. There is nothing you've done or nothing that's been done to you that changes the fact that you are divine. You're a divine, eternal being. You are literally in the image of God. Doesn't matter what you did. That's not who you are. Right. Who you are is a divine being. And the other is that it's a choice. In one of the darkest nights of my soul, after the accident, you yeah. know, after I got home, yeah. in those lonely times when I was still having those thoughts of, uh, maybe I could just go back home, you know. Um, God spoke to me again. It sounds like God speaks to me a lot, but he doesn't. <laughs> he speaks to me when I'm listening, I suppose. You're right. But I was told two things. I was told to choose joy. Two words, choose joy reminding me it's a choice mm -hmm. and I'm in control. I'm the creator. Yeah. And if I can just choose joy, I'll get to the next thing, which might be 10 minutes. I, I've worked with a lot of folks, suicide and other things. They say it's about an eight minute scenario, you know, yeah. that their mind could change in a matter of six to eight minutes. So yeah. if someone's struggling, hold on to the next minute, to the next minute, remember you're loved choose joy, choose peace, it will come. The, the sun will come up tomorrow yeah. and, and yeah. it'll be a whole new choice, a whole new day. And that's, that's what used to get me through. Wow, that's great. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Choose joy yeah. and that we're divine. Mm. Man, I'm telling you, this has been so wonderful. I could sit and talk to you for hours today. Um, thank you 
for oh, you're, you're welcome. For Thank you. Jeff. Thank no, you for having me. Oh, absolutely. You know, if some if someone wants to reach out to you, or you know, maybe to get your book, or ask you a question, or find out more about what you do, what's the best place for them to go to? More than happy to do that. The book, Knowing, and Knowing is the one you want. That's the compilation of, of everything. Of so okay. you, yeah, <laughs> Knowing is available on Amazon. Okay. Knowing by Jeffrey Olson, and Jeffrey spelled J-E-F-F-E-R-Y. They can email me. I answer my own email. It's Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y, C, Olson, O-L-S-E-N, at gmail.com. Okay. They can also go to the webpage, which is Envoy Publishing, E-N-V-O-Y. Envoy is French for messenger. Okay. Not that I'm the messenger, but right. But that, that thing I call spirit, yeah. that whisper is the messenger. But Envoy Publishing also, you can... Uh, Look at videos there. I'm on social media. Just yeah. look under Jeffrey C. Olson and you'll find Yeah, it. Beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, and again, thank you for being willing to come share. I know these are, these are sacred moments that uh, I, I, I can see why you probably waited a long time anyways, you know, because they're sacred. And yeah. I just want yeah. you to know I appreciate that you'd be willing to come on here and share some of those sacred moments with us today. And Oh, I'm, I'm honored. And they yeah. are sacred. That, yeah. You know. Sure. I honor him that way, and I trust that everyone else yeah. does too. But Awesome. Yeah. Well, there you go, guys. Thank you for joining us today and listening in once again. Um, reach out to Jeff and uh, let him know uh, what you think. Ask him a question. Get, check out his book, Knowing, on Amazon. Uh, go get that book and share it with someone that you might know that's struggling. Because what I love about the story is it's not just about a near-death experience and you can only relate that way. It relates with all of us because we all are going through something. Right. And I think that's what's that's what was so beautiful about today, you know. And I feel different by just sitting here listening to you. And, and uh, I needed this today, honestly, personally. So thank you yeah. on so many levels. I'm changed too, my friend. It goes both ways. Yeah. We, we, we edify yeah. each other always. For sure. Well, there you go, guys. Um, I love you. Thanks for tuning in. Again, thanks to our sponsor, Veracity Networks. I love you for believing in me. It means so much to me. And uh, again, till next time, and I love all of you. Take care. <laughs>